2 Corinthians chapter number 1. And with what I've passed out tonight and what I've given you and what we've kind of talked about already, I want to deal with this thought of how should we pray for our missionaries? How should we pray for our missionaries? And tonight it's probably going to be real practical. I'm going to read from the Bible, but I'm going to give you just some practical things to pray for tonight concerning our missionaries. Uh, this month is about, at the end of the month, we'll take up a pledge of what we'll plan to give for the next year, and we'll budget off of that, and we'll do all of that, and we're looking forward to that. But it's more than just putting money in a plate. It's more than just putting, writing a check and sending it to a foreign field. It is praying for our missionaries. You talk to any one of them tonight, they'll all say, if you can't give, that's fine, but please do not forget to pray for us. Do not forget to pray for us. And, and talking to missionaries and, and getting to know them, that's really my heart's desire for part of this month is for us to see them as people, not just as people or not just as, as somebody that's gone to a foreign country, a preacher, which they are, but to see them as people. they got families, right? They, they go through the same battles, the same struggles that you and I go with. It's not, it's not just easy peasy when you go to the mission field. Matter of fact, it's difficult, it's hard. And as much as we're gonna give, I also wanna be a church that prays for them. Amen. And so tonight we're going to look at this thought of praying for our missionaries. Look at verse number one of 2 Corinthians chapter number one. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, all the saints, with all the saints which are at Achaia. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all Comfort. I, that's highlighted in my Bible. I didn't highlight it. Brother Sonny did when he gave me the Bible. But how many glad he's the God of all comfort? I don't care what the situation is. I don't care what the what the uh, the, 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 the the circumstance is. And I'm not saying that cold heartedly. I'm just saying that God can comfort you in every situation and every problem, every trial. God has comfort you. Look at verse number four. Who comforted us in all our tribulation? Not just some of it, but all of it tonight. That tribulation process speaks about something that it was it was when they would take the weed in and they would begin to beat it to get the chaff and to get the, the actual seed of it to produce bread and they would take what was called a tribulator or a, a tribulum and it was a big long stick and it had a nail at the end of it and they would just beat the wheat until it was separated and sometimes we feel like that, don't we? We just feel like we're getting beat all around from one side to the next and yet God said in the midst of all that I have comfort for you. I can comfort you through all of that. that, that look at verse number four, that you may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble which are in any trouble tonight. So it's not just for me and you to receive comfort. Then we can say, hey, listen, I know God can comfort you in that because God has comforted me in my tribulation. God has comforted me in my troubles. And if he can do it for me, I'm nothing special. I'm nothing great. I'm nothing mighty. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And God loves me. He cares for me. If he comforts me, he'll comfort you as well tonight. But notice this, by the comfort wherein we ourselves are comforted of God. Verse number five, for as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation. Paul said, if we go through trials and struggles, if, if we go through those tribulations, we go through those problems, it's not only benefiting us because we get to know Christ, but at the same time it's benefiting you because you get to see what Christ can do for us. And whether we be afflicted is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. Look at verse number seven, and our hope for you is steadfast, knowing that ye, as ye are partakers of the sufferings, so shall you be also of the, how many glad tonight it's not all suffering tonight? Yes, we go through it. Yes, we go through problems. But thank God there's a word called consolation in your Bible. There is an end to it. There is comfort. There is help. There is peace and joy in the midst of all of that tonight. 
But look at verse number eight. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant. That, that'd probably be a good sermon. Go see all the times where Paul didn't want anybody to be ignorant. Amen. I think of this time here, and then he also think of Thessalonians. He said, I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them that sleep in the Lord. That, Brother Jacob, there's a third one. That's a message. Amen. Just get it to a poem. You can preach it. Amen. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if there's a third one in there, but it would be a good message, no doubt. How many are glad that the Lord doesn't want me and you to be ignorant? Amen. Ignorance is not bliss. It's ignorance. Amen. But I want to know all that the Lord has for me. Look at verse number eight. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed, uh, pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch we despaired even of life. They said, we got to the point where we said, you know what, it'd be better to be dead than alive with all that's going on, all that's facing us. He said, preacher, the people really said, oh yeah, someone said it to me not too long ago. They said, preacher, to be honest with you, I'd rather be over there than here right now. I feel like I've got more over there in heaven than I do right now. And Paul makes a statement here that they were there as well. There was a great tribulation. There was great stress on them. And Paul knew the moment that he left this world, all that was gone. He could be in glory, and yet he knew that God had him here for a reason. Verse number 10, who, uh, excuse me, verse number 9, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raiseth the dead who delivered from us from so great a death and doth deliver in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Look at verse number 11. Ye also helping together by prayer. You also helping together by prayer for us that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by him, by many on our behalf. We looked last week on the thought of the, the gift that was given, the financial blessing that was given from uh, the one church to the other, and here's Paul saying, I'm also, I'm thankful for the gift that was given, but I'm also thankful for the prayers of those that have prayed for us. You also helping together by prayer for us. Let's pray to Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord, for this evening. We thank you, Lord, just for, for Sunday. Lord, we thank you for morning service. We thank you for Sunday school. Thank you for choir practice, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for our evening service tonight. Lord, thank you that you are the God of the mountain. But, Lord, you're also God of the valley. God, I'm thankful tonight, Lord, that there isn't any, any place, any trial, any circumstance, God, that you are not the God of it. Lord, you're above it. You are greater than it, Lord, but yet you're personal enough to walk through it with us. And we thank you for that tonight. Lord, we ask you tonight, Lord, you'd help us, Lord, not just to make sure to pray for our missionaries, but, God, pray specifically for them. God, pray intimately for them, personally for them. God, help us, remind us, Lord, that they aren't just robots over there, Lord. They aren't just going over there and everything's easy, Lord. They're facing the same problems, the same issues, God, the same uh, worries and fears that we have over here in America, Lord. I pray, God, you'd help us, Lord, have a burden, Lord, to pray for our missionaries. Help us, Lord, through the word of God tonight, Lord, through the preaching of your word. God, not just to get the burden, but, Lord, to put it into practice tonight. Lord, we love you and we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Praying for a mission. Let me ask you, how do you pray for your mission? What does your prayer for missionaries often sound like? What does it typically sound like? And to be honest with you tonight, as the pastor and even as a Christian myself, there's times where my prayer life for missionaries becomes very generic. It becomes very uh, short. It becomes very uh, not, not specific. It is, Lord, bless our missionaries. Now, it's sincere, I want the Lord to bless our missionaries. I want the Lord to use our missionaries. I want the Lord to help our missionaries. 
But here's the thing, when you and I pray generic prayers, we've talked about this before, we pray generic prayers, oftentimes we struggle to see the answer. We struggle to, to see it clearly because our prayer is so generic. And yet when we learn to specify it, when we learn to get it down to the minute details tonight and we see God answer in the minute details, then we know it was the Lord. You can't convince my kids tonight, nor can you convince me that God doesn't care about specific things or small things. You ask my son, does God care about chocolate milk? He'll shake his head yes. Does God care about earrings? He does. Does God care about the handles on your cabinets? He does. Does God care about the floorboards of your house? He does. God cares about the small things. And when you and I begin to learn and to pray specifically, not just for ourselves, but for our missionaries, I guarantee you our heart will begin to change for our missionaries. Would you rather, and think about it this way, would you rather have somebody pray specifically for you or generically for you? You've, got, you've come to church, you've been to the doctor, the doctor's giving you the bad diagnosis, you've got cancer. Would you rather have somebody pray specifically that God would touch that cancer? Or would you rather have them just pray generically? Lord, help them. Lord, bless them. Even though it's sincere, I, I don't know about you, I want the specific prayer tonight. I want someone going to the throne of God specifically on my behalf and your behalf tonight. So I want to give you four specific things to pray for when it comes to our missionaries. Number one, pray for their safety. Pray for their safety. There's, there's multiple levels of this thing of safety, right? There's multiple dangerous ways and dangerous paths that must be taken. First of all, pray for safety as they travel. Pray for safety as they travel. One, while they're on deputation. Listen, I understand we're in America and we've, we're civilized and we've got great road systems and highways, and, but here's the thing, I don't care which, everybody argues which state is the worst drivers, which state has the, bad, the, the worst roads and the worst drivers. Can I say there's crazy drivers in every state? <laughs> there's crazy drivers in every country tonight and we gotta pray, pray for the missions as they travel to be safe. We think about it this, right? They come in, they present their ministry, that's wonderful, that's great, but just like the Lord family today, and many times they're either, if not hours, if not days away from their next place they're going to, the next stop they're going to make, and they're traveling in between all of that. So pray for safety as they travel. And that's one thing just on deputation. But if you step outside of the realm of America, <laughs> their driving systems get crazy. I was talking with Brother Ben Manley, and I was talking with some of those that are over there in Albania. I said, listen, if I ever come back, y'all going to have to hire me a driver. I said, I'm not being ugly, I'm not being rude. I said, but I can't drive over there. They said, if you're a nice driver over there, you don't get nowhere, right? Because there's rules and there's regulations, but nobody follows them. <laughs> and I, I mean, I was in the passenger seat about to have a heart attack. I couldn't imagine driving over there, and yet that's what they drive in and they live in it every day. That's what we take for granted in the States tonight, but pray for safety as they travel. Pray for safety as they minister. Pray for safety as they minister and bring the gospel and share the gospel with those that are around. Just like Brother Jason Christensen and I, when you're in a 1040 country reaching Muslims, they're not excited to see you. They're not happy to see you even as you present the gospel to them. And a lot of times if they find out you're a Christian, sometimes you are moved and, 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 and blacklisted in that, that, that community and that society tonight. But pray for their safety as they travel and, when I, or, and as they minister tonight. I think about Jim Elliott who, and his wife who went to reach those uh, cannibal tribes wherever they were at and how he literally died just reaching those people. 
And so to think that it's, it's just safe over there and everything's fine tonight, you've got to realize that we've got to pray for their safety and pray for the safety of their home as well. Pray for the safety of their homes. Number one, pray for their safety. Number two, pray for their favor. Or pray that they would have favor with those that are there. You've got to realize that when a missionary goes into a foreign field, a lot of times, they, I guess every time, they're an outsider looking in. Right? And in America, we've learned to love everybody. We've learned to uh, celebrate our differences, so to speak. That is the mantra of the day that we live in. We're an all-inclusive society, all that wonderful stuff tonight. But in America, we, we respect each other, right? You may be different from me. I may not agree on everything that you agree on, but at, some, at a level, I still respect you, right? I, listen, I know that I don't agree with you politically, but I also know that I don't have the rights according to the law of the land to kill you simply because I don't agree with you. And yet, a lot of times when they go in these countries, they have the right to do that. They, they, they could easily get their sentence reduced to almost a slap on the wrist for, for taking out the outsiders. So a lot of times you got to remember, they're outsiders looking in. And can I say that? It gets awfully lonely. How many of you love the church tonight? Imagine yourself preaching to a church that's just your family for four or five years. There are no visitors. There are no people that come consistently and constantly. What we enjoy so greatly here in America, the ability to worship together and freely tonight, and we look on, in America, we look on the outside and say, what's wrong with them? Why are they coming in over in the foreign country? They look at us and, and those that are coming in and say, we don't want a part of that. We don't, want to, we don't want to associate with that. So it gets lonely. It gets lonely over there. They're outsiders looking in, but pray that God would give them favor with the people that they would see beyond the fact that they're American, they would see beyond the fact that they're a different color, that they would see, see beyond that they're from a different culture, and that they would see that they have genuinely come because they care about the people. Pray, for the, pray that they'd get accustomed to the culture. they get accustomed to the culture. I remember being in Albania, and, and over in America, the better you, you, you serve somebody, the better you wait on somebody, the greater your tip often is. You ever, you ever had somebody just gave you wonderful service? You think, man, I, I, normally, I normally give a good tip, but I'm, I'm going to double it because they gave me great service. You know what I mean? If you tip too much, they get mad at you. <laughs> they see it as a sign of disrespect that you're trying to say they're poor and you're just trying to, try to, say, and you're trying to you know, show your, your richness over them. And so they get upset with that. There's a lot of different things in different cultures. What doesn't seem like a big deal here could very, be something very well that is bad in that culture. I can't remember which, which country it is, but I remember learning, I think, third grade, uh, that in America, we shake with our right hand. If you shake with your right hand there, that is a great sign of offense because that is one of the worst things you can do. And I remember thinking, about, oh, I don't ever want to go there because I'll make that mistake over and over again. and I'll offend the whole country. But notice here, pray that God would give them faith that they'd be accustomed to the culture that, and they would learn the way they do things and how they do them different. But also pray that the established religions in the area, you got to remember that those they're going into, those religions that are already there, that have control, that have power, they're not going to like when the gospel comes in. They're not going to like when the truth comes in because the truth attacks everything they teach. 
It's the same thing here in America, right? Everybody likes to go to church that's comfortable. Everybody likes to go to church that makes them feel good. But even in America, when you stand for the truth of God's word, nowadays, when you stand and say, God said that's wrong, God said that's not right, God said he's for life, God said he's for traditional marriage, God said he's for these things in his word, you stand in America, now it's being called hate speech. We're seeing that now in America, but it's already like that over there, wherever they may be at tonight. And so pray, one, pray for their safety as they travel and they minister. Pray for the safety of their home. Pray for, them, for God to give them favor where they are. But also pray for their, number three, pray for their family. Pray for their family. I'd encourage you as we go home tonight to sit down and, and read through that list that, the, that, that those precious parents wrote to their kids. I was telling my wife this week that thought had been on my heart long before Brother Jason sent me that email with it in it. But my, 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 I was talking to my wife this week and I said, one of the things that I, I'm concerned about is that the trials that we go through, the things that may be said about us, the things that may be, that may, may be done to us, that God gives us victory over and we thank God for and we shout the victory over. My, I said, one of the things I'm concerned about is that those very things may turn away my children from serving the Lord. If they would do that to my daddy, if they'd say that about my mama, I don't want to serve the Lord. Can I say tonight, one of the greatest areas Satan will attack isn't necessarily the ministry, it isn't necessarily the church, but it's the family. Because God knows if he can break up the family, he can break up the church. And so pray for the missionary's family tonight. Pray for, their, pray for the family, pray for their health, all that good stuff, but pray for the relationship between the husband and the wife. Because when you add in the element of ministry and trying to start a church, trying to plant a church, trying to reach people and trying to disciple people who have no idea what the Bible says, it's very taxing, it's very time consuming. There's a great strain there on the family. So pray for the relationship between the husband and the wife. Pray for the relationship between the parents and the kids. That God would strengthen that. And pray that that, what, that which the children experience and see does not leave them with a bitter taste in their mouth for ministry and serving the Lord and following after him. Pray for their family. You say, preacher, does that really happen? Oh, it happens all the time. It happens all the time, and it's sad, and, and it, it ought not to be that way, but we know as long as sin is in this world, things that we don't like are going to happen. Things that we don't agree with are going to take place. But pray for those missionary families. Pray for the husband and the wife. Pray for the parents and the kids that God would... Grow those families together. Pray for the family. Pray for their favor. Pray for their safety. But notice fourthly tonight, pray for the ministry. Pray that the gospel go out in power. That God would take his word, take his, his people that he's called over there. And I, I remember hearing a man say that, well, God only calls the man. He doesn't call the family. And I didn't necessarily, I, mean, I don't agree with that statement. He said, but no, he puts the, the call on the man and the family just goes. And can I say now, if you ever go over there, <laughs> that man ain't over there by himself. He's over there with his wife and his children. How many of you kids like them poppets? Where you, you just pop it out, it's a, what is it, a fidget toy? Right, it is literally, you pop it on one side, you turn over, you pop it again. You just pop it over and over again. How many of y'all bought them from the dollar store or the Dollar Tree, right? The ones we got for y'all, I love y'all to death, but they came from the Dollar Tree, right? A dollar. 
Well, now it's dollar twenty-five in Biden's economy. A dollar twenty-five. What you and I, we just we were like, hey, listen, if it keeps them quiet for five minutes, that's well worth a dollar twenty-five. Seen them over in Albania, ten dollars a piece. Not for the big ones that look like uh, what minions from uh, whatever those movies were. <laughs> Despicable Me. I knew you watched Hollywood. I knew it. But you know, they're, they're like three foot by four foot. Those are $10 over here. I'm talking about those little squares over in Albania, $15. Could you imagine? <laughs> Daddy, I want one of those. Mom, I want one of those. And you're thinking, that's not worth $15. What is something simple over here is, is greatly different over there. But pray for the ministry. I don't know how I got off that. Pray that the gospel would go out in power uh, for th- those families that are over there. Pray that the gospel would go out. Pray that believers would be discipled, Right? Those missionaries that are going over there, they are going over there, one, to bring the gospel, but then to, as those that are saved by the grace of God, to teach them and to train them because we're not going over there. They're not going over to bring America to the country. They're going over to bring the gospel, right? The biblical plan of church planning, the biblical plan that, that Paul practiced and that God put into order is what they're taking over there. And so, yes, the gospel must be preached, but those that believe need to be discipled and that churches would be established and strengthened. And here's the thing, I, I'm talking with these different missionaries, a lot of times what happens is that they'll get saved or, or they'll start coming to church and they'll be invested in and they'll, they'll spend time with them, they'll talk to them, they'll teach them. And then for no other reason, they can't explain it, they just disappear. And a lot of times it's because those within the society say, well, if you keep going to that church, if you keep listening to that man, you, you, you keep associating with those people, we're gonna kick you out of our family. You won't ever be able to get a good job. So a lot of times that's what they're, they're facing with, but our, our prayers ought to be that God would help them to get the, the gospel out in power, that believers would be discipled, and that churches would be established and strengthened. Can I say tonight, listen, we're gonna give financially to that. We're gonna be a church that is invested in that. Right, matter of fact, all of the missionaries that we currently support now either are planning churches or, or are assisting in the planning of churches and, and the spreading of the gospel in those foreign countries, and we're not going to stop that, right? But we're also going to start praying for them. We're going to continue to pray for them as well, pray that the gospel go out in power. So my encouragement to you is to learn to pray specifically for those. If you have to, I know, I know it's going to cost you five minutes before church. I know it's going to mess up your your normal routine of, of, of coming in and sitting down and fellowship and all that good stuff, but get you a notepad and go back there to them prayer letters. And say, well, they have this need. Let me write that down. They have this need. Let me write that down. This person just got saved. Let me write their name down. You may not be able to pronounce it right, but the Lord understands, all right? But take you some time and jot those things down and pray for them specifically. And then go back and read the prayer letter and see if God doesn't answer those prayers. And when he does, (laughs) you'll come in here shouting and say, preacher, I'm so glad that the Lord saved Domingo. And he's calling him to preach. And I'm going to be like, who's Domingo? <laughs> You'll say, it's in the prayer letter, preacher. I read it. And then I'll say, well, praise the Lord. Amen. So learn to pray for their ministry. Pray specifically for them. Pray for their safety. Pray for their favor. Pray for the family. Help your, purpose in your heart to change your prayer from Lord, just help them to specific prayers for them. By name, by, by need, by cause, by help. Pray specifically for them. 
Can I say tonight, I, 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 when it, this whole month came into uh, my thought process, the Lord laid it on my heart, all that good stuff tonight, it's like it's just been just constantly changing. <laughs> right, Brother Tim, Lord asked me, how many missionaries you got coming in? I said, well, you, Brother Tim. <laughs> that's, that's who we've scheduled. And he just kind of stared at me. I said, that's just how the Lord worked it out, I guess. You know, I had some that were going to be able to come and just didn't work out, those kind of things. But uh, my heart is that our church is to get it, just to get a, a, a grasp of, of what really takes place over there. And that what we, who we support and how we support them is, is it's, it's more than just a check that we're writing out. It is literally, we love these people. We care for them. They are bringing that great equality that we talked about last Sunday. They are doing what we cannot do. And what God has not called us to yet, what God has commissioned us to do. And so I, my encouragement to you is to learn to pray specifically for our missionaries tonight. And, and as God answers those specific, those specific prayer requests tonight, learn to testify about them. Amen. Stand up on a Wednesday night and say, Preacher, I was praying for missionary so-and-so. And I want to let you know the Lord answered their prayer. Preacher, how am I going to do that? You're going to start reading the prayer letters. But wouldn't it be something we came in and everybody, everybody was waiting to read the prayer letter? Amen. Hey, y'all, we got to start church. It's 15 after. Hold on, preacher. I'm reading about the prayer the missionaries here. Amen. That would be a blessing to have. I guarantee if we got a grasp of that and we got a great understanding of that, man, I can't tell you what happened at our church. Amen. Amen. I'm looking forward to what the Lord's going to do. But my heart for tonight is to pray for our missionaries, learning to pray specifically for them tonight. Let's pray to Heavenly Father. We thank you.